The Columbus Dispatch series, Unmasked, looks at the connections between firefighters diagnosed with cancer and exposure to carcinogens released during and after a fire. As part of the series, we're presenting podcasts featuring firefighters and the people around them. In this podcast, Heather Rhine, the wife of Columbus firefighter Mark Rhine, discusses her life with Mark, which wasn't always easy even before he was diagnosed with cancer. Heather talked with dispatch reporter Mike Wagner. What about Mark attracted you to him? First off, he was very confident in very nice um, past relationships have been a little bit, um, I guess, difficult or not really um, a genuine person. Um, so he just kind of stood out. He was very passionate, um, very good with my kids, um, and just made me feel comfortable and safe. Um, Mark told us that uh, when he was younger, he had a, a problem with drinking and mm -hmm. that uh, he would be depressed at times and he can't really explain uh, why he drank and he would treat people in his life uh, badly at times and use them. And uh, what, what was that like for you? Uh, tell me about uh, how you dealt with when you found out about the drinking and how you dealt with it. Um, well, at first I did not know that he had a problem. He hit it. He hid it from me. Um, it really wasn't until we moved in together that I realized that he even drank every day as much as he drank. Um, and then we kind of talked about it. Um, and he would try and hide it or not get something to drink as early on in the day. Sometimes it would be 8 o'clock in the morning. Other times it would be noon. Um, if he really pushed it, it could be 2 o'clock. But... Um, just when we started living together, I was very much aware of the amount of drinking that he did. Um, he was never like a mean or violent person, even when he did drink and he only um, drank at home. But it was something that I felt strongly about because I have never drank in front of my kids. Um, my parents did a lot of drinking in front of us, so it was something I never really wanted for my kids. Um, and I didn't want it for his kids either. Um, and I knew just from their reaction and how they were that they had already been around this for a while. Um, so Mark and I had talked about it and it was just something he said he would work on. And then... And then it came to a head the night of, uh, tell, me about, tell me about your engagement uh, party and, and what happened that night. Um, we... He had had a surprise party. We had went out to dinner um, and he had blindfolded me on the way back home. And when we got there, um, he had asked me to marry him and my uh, close friends and um, my family were there um, as well as his. And so uh, I said yes and um, we had a wonderful evening or whatever. And then um, he drank he was drinking that uh, day and he uh that evening he had woke up in the middle of the night and um was going to the bathroom in my sweater drawer um and i had woke up and i told him that he was not in the bathroom and that he was 
going in my dresser drawer, which we had just bought this brand new furniture set not that long ago. Um, and he told me it was fine, just lay back down and go to sleep. He would take care of it. And uh, so I laid there and he finally crawled back in bed and didn't do anything about it. So then after uh, he was laying down for a few minutes, I got up and yanked the sweater drawer out of the dresser and I put it in the bathroom on the counter. Um, and I was gonna clean it up, but I decided not to because I wanted him to see what he had actually done um, because he doesn't normally remember um, what he did in the night or whatever um, the next day. So uh, we woke up the next morning and um, he had he had got up before I did and when I woke up the dresser drawer was back in the dresser where it should be um, and I opened it up and the sweaters were still sopping wet with urine so I pulled it back out and I put it into the bathroom and then I called him upstairs and um, asked him why he didn't clean it up and he had no idea what he had done and I just told him that I can't do this anymore that if this continues then the kids and I will will be leaving um, but if it's something he wanted to fix that I was willing to you know stick it out but I just couldn't do it anymore if he was going to continue to drink and what did he do immediately after that um, he said, I'm done. He said, um, it's not worth losing you and the kids over. And he went downstairs and dumped out all the alcohol that he had and said that I'll never drink again. And I did not believe him. I thought he was going to need help. I thought I was going to have to call some of his friends at the fire department and explain what was going on and um, see what time he could take away from uh, the department to be able to, to do a rehab. Um, but he never, he never had to do that. He stuck to his word and he never drank again. It's willpower because most people, you can't do that. Shortly, um, so you were married uh, just a few months later, mm -hmm. and but shortly before that, you saw a mole um, on Mark's uh, side. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about that. And, and um, it was something that I had noticed um, on his side. He was wearing a shirt that had the the arms cut out of it. And I just asked him, I was like, um, have you ever had that mole looked at? And he was like, no. And I said, well, you should. I said, it's red around it. I said, it just looks different. Um, it's probably something you should have looked at. And he kind of brushed it off. He said he would make an appointment and then he never made an appointment. And then I would, you know, make another comment. Hey, you know, have you got that checked out yet? And he hadn't. And, um, and he said he would, and then he didn't. Um, and then there was actually a girl that um, was on a team he was coaching, Shelby softball team, and her mother um, had saw it and she commented on it as well and she had said that her brother had just died um, three or four months before that of a mole that looked just like that and he was younger than Mark was. And so um, I told Mark, I was like, you need to go get that looked at. And so he made an appointment. Um, he got in to see the dermatologist and then we found out that he had melanoma. So once it, um, once it went from his lymph nodes and traveled elsewhere in his body, then it became stage four. Um, so once we found out that it was in his um, spine, he was actually diagnosed with stage four melanoma and they gave him a five to 10% chance of living five years. Um, 
it was devastating because we had just had a daughter together and I had two children already and he had two and we had just gotten married. Um, I just didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to raise kids by myself. And I didn't want to lose him and the kids to have to lose their dad because I know how important my dad is to me. Um, and the doctor um, said that they would do everything they possibly could, um, that there have been people that have made it past, you know, five years, but um, there was only a five to 10% chance, um, given that he had had stage four melanoma, that he would, so. When, how has your um, family dealt dealt with it for the last five years? Like, how would you say you've handled it with the kids? Um, uh, how much do you and Mark uh, uh, talk about it? Um, um, just how, how do you deal with the fact that he's he has stage four melanoma? Um, we we turned to um, God at that point. I was raised. Um, with the awareness of God in church. Um, and I attended church up until about the age of 12. Um, my parents did not attend with us, so um, I was kind of left with a lot of questions. Um, but Mark um, did go to church the majority of his life um, and knew a lot. And I just felt we needed something else to get us through this because I felt that him and I alone and the doctors alone may not be enough. Um, so we started going to church um, and that by far has got us where we are today. Mark had his, his five year anniversary in, in September. Mm. Did that have significance for you? Um, very much so. Um, I just felt like he kinda We've got that five-year markdown, um, and I feel like he's doing well. Um, that he he's still getting up and going to work every day. His job's a little bit different now, but um, he still gets up and goes to work. He's still coaching. Um, we're still going to church. We still do things as a family. We still do things as a couple. Um, we still are doing everything that I would want us to be able to do. Um, so my faith is that he's, he has a lot of time left that he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, um, I mean, I think about it every now and again, but it's not on my mind daily like it used to be. I just hope that um, the boys will, if and when the time comes, that they have as much as their dad as they could possibly get as as kids because I think that all of your memories um, whenever you think back of your dad or your mom um, you think back when you were a kid um, so I feel like as long as he's here for all of that like not that any other time isn't important but they have those memories and they don't have um, a lapse of time where they don't have that like some kids um, have um, and just the coaching um, and the teaching that he provides and the time that he is with them, um, they will have that and they can take that and pass that down to their kids. Um, 
And I just hope that for um, Shelby and Hallie, that uh, when they get married, that I pray that he's still here for them. because I know how important it was for me to have my dad when I got married. Um, and I don't want them to not have that. You have been listening to one of a series of podcasts from the Columbus Dispatch in which firefighters and the people around them tell their own stories in their own words. You can find more podcasts along with stories, videos, and interactive graphics, online at dispatch.com unmasked. This podcast was produced by Doral Chenoweth, with the assistance of reporter Mike Wagner and web producer Patrick Flaherty. I'm Mike Meckler. The Columbus Dispatch is a gatehouse newspaper. For information on how to subscribe to our award-winning print and digital content, please visit dispatch.com.